We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. All in for uh, Bob Stoffer today. Bob uh, staying overnight in Buffalo with the team as uh, they were, I guess, uh, delayed, weathered in, snowed in. I'm not sure if it was a snowstorm or rainstorm or what happened, but... They weren't uh, able to fly to Philadelphia until this morning. So Bob will join us at 105 once he arrives in Philadelphia. The weather's in action tomorrow night. Uh, the weather's coming off a 2-1 overtime win last night. Connor McDavid scoring both goals against the Sabres. And uh, we'll talk to Craig Simpson about that and more. He is our headliner, uh, presented by ATB Financial, ATB, Alberta's Home Ice Advantage. And some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. And uh, we bring aboard Craig, who is out east for the special Winter Olympic Games. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing uh, great, Brennan. How are you? Not bad. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I guess you're busy out there, out east, and in, uh, involved in the Special Olympic Games. And this is something uh, you've uh, been a part of in the past, is it not? Yeah, I, I'm part of what we call the Champions Network, which is uh, athletes all around Canada who support the Games. My wife is on the uh, board of Special Olympics Canada, so she's deeply entrenched and involved in it. But we went to the World Games last summer in Los Angeles, which was a real treat. And this is the Canada Winter Games, which has been uh, really exciting to watch the opening ceremonies yesterday. Yesterday And today we're on the ski hill. Yeah, I've been following uh, some of the pictures you've posted on Twitter. It looks like you're really enjoying it. You know what? The athletes are amazing. They're inspiring. They, uh, uh, the kind of spirit that they have and, and what they do to prepare themselves, to play hard, to have good sportsmanship. They're a really good uh, role model for us all. So you're out in Newfoundland. I'm not sure how much of the Oilers you've had a chance to watch. Did you get a chance to take in last night's game? Yeah, you know what? On the uh, bus, I watched the first period on my phone <laughs> and uh, <laughs> saw the first shift of the game. So I, I got a good uh, good representative chunk of, of that game last night. And I know... You know, some anxious moments and uh, some ups and downs in that game as always, but an exciting start to it and an exciting exciting finish. Yeah, and uh, I would say Act 1 of the McDavid-Eichel bonanza goes to uh, McDavid. Uh, Eichel was pretty good last night, maybe trying a little too hard at times to match McDavid, but overall, McDavid stole the show, and uh, Craig, at the top of the show, I made the point that it's tough to, I guess, call a young player such a big game player. I mean, the Oilers aren't in the playoffs. They're they're playing, I guess, meaningless games overall. But you look at the three big games since McDavid has come back from an injury, games where all the eyes were on him, and that was, of course, his return where he had three points against Columbus, the Toronto game where he had five points when all the media was uh, buzzing yep. about that one, and then last night against Jack Eichel for the first time, he steals the show. So are we seeing... I guess McDavid become that big game player already for the Oilers at the age of 19? Well, I think it's a pretty good representative start for him. Uh, I think the history of great players who have been able to write their own destiny, they've always come up big when it's needed most or when the spotlight is the biggest glare. You know, I think back to Wayne Gretzky always being able to do that, Mario Lemieux being able to do that. 
Sidney Crosby in his first big test in Montreal doing the same, winning it in the shootout. So, you know, if you're if you're a fan or if you're a coach or a general manager, the owners looking, Oilers looking to see how he handles himself in those situations. I, I don't think there's any question that he's shown he's been equal to that talent, and he's been one of those types of players that embraces it as opposed to cowards when something is a, a pressure situation. So it's pretty exciting to watch. Well, a lot of people are texting in saying, why is uh, the media hyping up this McDavid Eichel thing so much? Um, I, I'm just, from a fan standpoint, I'm like, enjoy it. I mean, it's the first time these guys will play. I'm sure they were both fired up to play against each other, although uh, to the media they sort of, uh, you know, they didn't really hype it up at all. But uh, everyone was excited to see it. Um, what did you make? Uh, I guess looking at Jack Eichel, people are saying don't even compare these guys because Eichel's not in the same league as McDavid. Hard to say they're both uh, in the rookie season, and uh, I think Eichel's been pretty good this year as well. Yeah, I think he has been as well, and I, I don't think there's any question there was a bit of a separation. You know, there's no question there was separation between the two of them and the rest of their draft class, but I think there was also a pretty noticeable separation between Connor and maybe his high-end ability compared to Jack. But I I think you have to be cautious, though. I think that a lot can change. The maturity as they both grow stronger and bigger, you know, to watch and see how they develop. So the fact it's a one-off, one game is one that, you know, I'm sure from Connor's perspective, it was probably more important to make sure that he had a good, solid game because you want to be focused as the first overall pick to be the guy who wins that first matchup. And I, again, like we were just talking, I think it's a great uh, testament to his ability to come up big in those situations. But I think Eichel's going to be a, a strong player. I think he's going to play a certain role that you know, might not be as dynamic as, as Connor McDavid's uh, uh, as he goes forward. But I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. And, you know, the interesting part for Connor, it's too bad that this wasn't his, what, 63rd game of the year. And, you know, I think that's also what we got to watch as teams get to prepare for him the second and third time around. Uh, I think everybody you know, wants to know what type of player he is. They don't necessarily know how to, to react around him or how to defend him. And the real test for Connor will be that second and third rotation around the league when when teams know a little bit better what to expect from the superstar. Well, just uh, taking that a little further, um, Connor McDavid, of course, was uh, named uh, the Rookie of the Month for the second straight month, and uh, Sportsnet put out a tweet earlier today saying, uh, McDavid is tied with the second most points in the NHL since the All-Star break with uh, 19 points since the All-Star break. That's second in the NHL. So yep. uh, just to uh, you know, look at the, the Calder Trophy running here, um, where would you have McDavid right now, and does he have a shot at winning it despite missing all those games? Oh, I, I would say, you know, he's still got some work to go in the last, what do they have here, 17 yeah, games? Yeah, 17, yeah. You know, I, I think it's fair to say if you're getting two points a game or point and a half a game in that stretch and you find yourself up in the top three or four of rookie scoring, it's, you know, it's hard not to uh, to put him into that mix. Uh, when you, you mention hot guys at the end uh, you know you look at mark stone for the ottawa senators last year the way he finished the year he was one of the highest scoring players in the national hockey league from january on and got himself right into the rookie 
conversation and was a finalist for the Calder last year as well. So uh, I don't think there's any, uh, you know, shame if if he gets himself and continues the way he's playing, uh, gets himself into the conversation. I, I think he is deserving of that. The, the one thing in terms of maybe winning it, there's been some really good performances this year. And, yeah, you know Shane Gostasphere as a as a defenseman uh, rookie in the National Hockey League. He's only played 44 games, uh, you know, more than Connor's 28. But I would say he'll be in the mix there too. So uh, because he's been been such a strong on the back end, which is such a difficult position to to play. So I don't think there's any question if he continues on that point point and a half pace, uh, he'll get himself into the conversation. Craig Simpson, NHL Hockey on Rogers, joining us here on Oilers Now. Craig, we had you on last Wednesday, and uh, the times were tense uh, for the Oilers uh, with the trade deadline just around the corner. You know, Todd McClellan had just sort of called out his team after that homestand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, it, I, going into California, it could have went south for the Oilers, but have to give the coaching staff some credit here for getting everyone back on board uh, because I think the last four games – tough games in California, but they, they beat the Islanders and beat Buffalo last night, and it looks like a, a much different team the last four games, a team that's playing hard, everybody on board. Uh, so I give the coaching staff credit for wrangling everyone back together. Uh, have you noticed a difference in the way they've played the last uh, couple of games here? Well, I think it's hard not to from the the low points that we saw uh, you know, prior to that point you were mentioning. I I think, again, the the test is going to be over a longer period of time. And one of the real shortfalls or problems that have plagued this team is their inability to even handle some success. I mean, there's one thing that that a lot of times is, is another you know hurdle to get over as a collective group, that when you start playing well and you have a string of three or four really good games together, whether you win all four of them or maybe – you know, win three and lose one in overtime, can you keep that consistency up and that level of play up? And uh, what I what I at least was a positive over the California trip is, you know, if, if this team can learn how to be a better defensive team and keep goals under three, you know, if you're giving up two goals and you lose the odd game, you know, that's understandable because your offense might go dry. But the, the negative that has plagued this team is, you know, when they start feeling like they're a good team and they can score goals and be offensive, that's a lot of times where the defensive side of their game is falling apart, and that's where they've given up far too many chances or goals against. And I, I think everybody could stomach it, it, in this last 17 games good hard efforts, you know, good consistency on work ethic, and keep the goals against in that two to three range. Then you know you've got a chance to win every night and. That hasn't always been the case, and to me, that's where they got to get to. Well, having a, a good goaltender like Cam Tullett also helps. He's been phenomenal the last uh, number of games here. Uh, as tough as a year as it's been for the Oilers, I think moving forward, they may have solved uh, their goaltending problem with the likes of uh, Talbot and Brassois backing up Talbot next season. Well, you hope so, and the, you know, I, I think the game plan, as Bob and I have talked throughout the year, was to give Loren... Uh, you know, the opportunity at the American League to be an everyday goaltender, to be a number one guy and, and prove he can play at that level, you know, three out of four games in a row and, and be consistent. And I, I think his work ethic is one that he's 
he's learning what it's like to be a you know a pro and to be a, a goaltender on a nightly basis. And you know, same can be said for Talbot. I, I think part of the journey from backup to number one is going through the struggles. And do you have enough confidence in yourself? Do you have enough determination and, and mental stability? to get you through those times. And I don't think there's any question everybody understands that Cam has struggled with that at times during the year, but I think it's also fair to say he's worked extremely hard to get himself out of it. Uh, Peter Shirelli made no secret, made it no secret that he wants to get bigger, stronger, and uh, tougher to play against. Uh, he's basically said that since day one, uh, since coming here. And uh, at the trade deadline, he certainly did that, Craig, picking up uh, Party and Cracknell off waivers, who both debuted last night, and uh, bringing in Patrick Maroon via trade. Uh, we'll get to Maroon in a second, but quickly on the UFAs, uh, do you? They're both are. The waiver pickups, they're both UFAs at the end of the year. Do you see either of uh, those players potentially being long-term fits here in Edmonton? Boy, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I think it's, it was worth the, uh, the change of the makeup of the team. I don't think there's any question that the one thing Peter has understood is that this group has to have some different bodies and some different looks. And so to add those two guys, I personally don't think they're probably a long-term uh, solution. You know, another big-sized defenseman and party, uh, you know, helps to bring maybe a little bit more physical edge. Uh, Cracknell, you know, although he's 6'2", he's not a, a hugely physical guy. But I, I would say there's probably a chance one of them might end up staying next year. But I, I do think it would, it's a good message sender to the group that's here that, we got to make changes because it's not working with the group that we have, and and I don't think there's any question that they have to change the the look and makeup and style of of the group that they have going forward. Yeah, Maroon, I guess, sort of fits that bill as well. Uh, it seems like uh, he's sort of uh, had a tough year in Anaheim, but I look back uh, when I think of Maroon, I just remember the playoffs last year. Seven goals he had for the Ducks playing with Getzlav and Perry. So. He, he's shown he can play with some skilled guys in the past and produce when playing with them. Um, some questions about his foot speed. Uh, do you like the move by the Oilers? Well, once again, I, I think it's a calculated risk where you you didn't give up a, a huge amount to get him, uh, and you give a guy an opportunity to, to have a fresh start and to get a real – you know, chance to establish himself as a as a true NHL player, and I, I think that's the important thing. It, it's not like you're getting a guy who's had, you know, big offensive numbers, his career high is 11 goals a couple of years ago. So, uh, but you do also have a guy that's got an opportunity to to fit in and understand he's going to get a good chance. And I like Patrick's uh, comments on hearing the trade. He was excited. You know, even though he's going from a a team that's got playoff, you know, chances and a good team in Anaheim. He understood that this is a real good uh, chance for him to establish himself. So I think it's a well-calculated risk. And once again, Brennan, it, it changes the makeup of the forwards and the way they look, the way they play. And I don't think he's maybe the perfect complement, as you mentioned, from a speed standpoint with, with the top guys. But I think he can fit right in there and, and be a different type of player and another guy that's going to have a chance to prove he can be an everyday player. 
Oh, well, quickly, Craig, perhaps maybe he was excited because he may have a chance to uh, play with Connor McDavid here. You look at Benoit Pouliot likely going down for the remainder of the season, although Nugent Hopkins expected back at some point. Uh, Yakupov yeah, playing. Yeah, but you're also going where you were just playing a little bit with Getzlaff. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, you've got some options there, but I, I, I think you've seen in the past maybe some guys who got traded from a playoff team to a team like Edmonton and, you know, be disappointed. I, I thought he showed some maturity uh, we had him on in the trade deadline on our mm-hmm. show, and uh, I, I just thought he handled it extremely well. And to me, if I was Peter Shirelli or or Todd McClellan, or even a teammate, a new teammate now, I thought he sent the absolute right message that I'm I'm excited. I understand the opportunity I have. We'll see where he fits in uh, in the Oilers lineup tomorrow night against Philadelphia. Quickly, Craig, uh, World Cup of Hockey announcements coming today. Uh, the first sixteen. Uh, just wanted to ask you about Taylor Hall and his chances to make Team Canada. I don't expect him to be named to the, the initial 16 today, but when uh, you look at the final roster, do you see him fitting in on Team Canada? You know what? That'll be an interesting call. I, it all, you know, maybe this last uh, stretch down, you know, the, the last few games here will have a big impact on that. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think I see him in that you know, original 16 players, but there's no reason to think that he doesn't have a great chance. He, he's a good complementary type player that can play, you know, various roles. But I, I think he is one of those guys that, in those last 17 games, uh, you know, they'll be looking at and saying, what what kind of effort does he bring? Can he can he fit with the the group that we have? So I, I think he's got a good chance. But I, I definitely, Brendan, wouldn't think it's a it's a slam dunk. Craig, thanks for your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the Special Olympics. Uh, where are you at? Are you doing any hockey action this weekend? Yeah, I leave uh, Friday and I'm back in Toronto. I got Ottawa at uh, Toronto on Saturday. Good stuff. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brendan. Craig Simpson, NHL Hockey on Rogers, joining us from the Special Olympics. Interesting, uh, quickly there on Taylor Hall. Not a slam dunk by Craig Simpson. Um, I guess I shouldn't have said earlier that he's a guarantee to make Team Canada. If I was making the roster, he would be on my team is what I was was getting at. Uh, we can continue to talk about this throughout the program. If you want to text us, 630-630, should Hall make Team Canada? Uh, quickly, Dave, I had a list here of the five guys I would not have on the team up front and the five guys I would have in uh, based on Canada's Sochi roster at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So the five I have out, you can uh, chime in on this if you agree or disagree with any of them. I have Chris Kunitz coming out. Yep, agree. Uh, I have, well, St. Louis is out because he's not playing anymore. So that was easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also have Patrick Sharp, Patrick Marlowe, and Rick Nash out. And uh, dude, they're going with uh, just 13 forwards, I believe. So that's mm-hmm. one less than uh, they have at the Olympics. So I also have Matt Duchesne coming out. And in, I have Stamkos, Giroux, Brad Marchand, who is, I think, third in, or maybe he's second in goals for all Canadian forwards right now in the NHL. So he is in, uh, Tyler Sagan, and Claude Giroux. So those are the five I have going in. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Um, You know, Rick Nash will be interesting because of reputation. Mm -hmm. You know, does Mike Babcock, does Steve Eiserman pick him because he has been a good player for this country? in these type of tournaments in Olympic Games and in, uh, you know, in 
well, there hasn't been a World Cup since 2004, but you know what I mean, like 2010, 2014, that sort yeah. of thing. So is this going to be a reputation pick more than a, a pick based on how his season has gone? Because Brad Marchand, clearly, it's it's a reward for his season. Uh, I agree with you. He'll be on the team. Rick Nash, I still think there's a chance he'd be on, he yeah. might be on the team just because of that veteran presence and he's got a good rep. See, I, I hate how they they use that as a factor when naming the team, and I get that's what the coaching staff is thinking, players they can trust, that they have trusted yeah. in the past. But how would you know if uh, your team wouldn't be better without these more skilled players? Yeah. So it's tough. I guess they have to find the balance. Um, it should be interesting to see if Taylor Hall makes it. But you look at what Taylor Hall did at the Worlds this last year, yeah. the way he's played this season overall. Sure, he's had a, a tough stretch but he seems to be getting back to where he was earlier in the season. Still top 20 in league scoring. I have him on my team. We'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up. And if, also, this is a factor quickly. Mike Babcock likes centers on his team. He doesn't mind riding with a lot of centers and just making them wingers. Yeah, that's so true. So that could factor in, and that, that maybe that maybe that does push Taylor Hall out. I hope not, because I think, I think it could help this team. Likely won't find out today. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on Taylor Hall. This is Oilers now. Uh, still to come, Bob Stoffer, Jerry Fleming, and uh, Brett Pollock. We uh, might get right to the news here because we're tight for time. Went a little late there with uh, Craig Simpson. So we'll get to the 1 o'clock news here with uh, Eileen Bell. When we come back, Bob Stoffer will join us from Philadelphia.